Have you ever been bored? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> what do you do when you're bored? Maybe you find something to do. Maybe you find a distraction. Maybe call somebody up. Maybe lots of different things. Do you know when the word boredom first entered the English language? Take a guess. Was it 500 AD? Was it the Renaissance? Was it the 20th century? Guess what? It was 1823 was the year that boredom entered, or bored entered the religious, I mean the English language. 1853 was the word boredom. About 30 years later, it became a, uh, a different sort of word too. But isn't that something? There's something about our modern world which is uncomfortable with silence and uncomfortable with just being. Blaise Pascal, maybe you've studied him in math class, Pascal's Triangle and all those great things. He was also a great philosopher, a great philosopher. And Blaise Pascal said that, that all the problems of humanity stem from the challenge that a person cannot sit quietly in a room alone. That's what Blaise Pascal said. There's something true about that, isn't it? And we can feel that with our struggle when we're bored. For boredom is a challenge within the order of being. Within the order of being, not in the order of doing. Usually it's not a challenge of right, having something to do. There's lots to do. But it's a challenge of just being able to be. It's a challenge of just being able to be. We hear about that in our psalm today. Psalm 40, our psalm response. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Which one comes first, the doing or the being? The being does, doesn't it? Here I am. Here I am. But how hard is it to actually do that? To be still and to rest in God's presence and just merely to allow our hearts to pray, here I am, and to let God look at us. Indeed, I think Blaise Pascal was right. A lot of our problems stem from that challenge of just sitting and being. Just sitting and being. There's lots of reasons for that, isn't there? But one of them, I think, is this. Is that we're afraid of the drama that arises within our hearts and minds when we are alone. When we are in silence before God. We're afraid of that. Because it's messy. It's not clear. It's a little bit unknown. Sometimes we get frantic. Sometimes we get depressed. Sometimes it's just lots of different things. And so that's a great challenge for us. But there's a great invitation there. Because there's a primacy of the order of being over the order of doing. And you might say, Father, what in the heck are you talking about? Just give me something to do. Right? Don't give me one of these homilies about being or prayer again. Like, give me something to do. But isn't that kind of the problem? Right? We, we want something to do because that's what's easy for us. That's what's easy for us. It's harder just to be. 
And that's why we avoid it sometimes, I think. Part of it's just the challenge of human nature. Part of it's the challenge of our modern world. It was interesting, in the French Revolution, in Nazi Germany, what was the first thing to go? It was monastic communities, right? Those were the things that were targeted first. And that's odd, isn't it? Like you think, like if you didn't care, you'd just leave them alone. But if they posed a threat, you would go after them. So secretly, right, these kind of, these witnesses, right, monasteries, the witnesses to just being with God, of just peace in his presence, right? Those are the first things to go in persecution because there's something about, there's a real spiritual battle there, isn't there? Just to be. Or think of when you meet someone for the first time. Or maybe there's a networking cocktail party somewhere on campus or, or somewhere else. What, how do people normally try to get to know each other? It's the question, what do you do, right? What do you do? It's rarely, who are you, is it? But rather, what do you do? I love it. I know some, some Catholics who always answer that in a subversive way. They say, well, this is, let me tell you who I am. I'm a father of four great kids, or I'm a mother of, of three great kids, or this is whom I'm married to, or this is, uh, you know, the, the groups that I belong to, right? I love to do that sometimes, or to see that happen, when people answer that question subversively. Because at the end of the day, like, is what we do really defining us? I mean, what we do is important. But it starts somewhere else with our identity of who we are. And our ability just to be before God and to belong to him first and then let everything else flow from that. Our great patron, St. Thomas Aquinas, he has this great axiom in Latin, of course, right? Axio sequitur esse. Action follows being. Action follows being. We belong. We relate. We exist. We have an identity before any action happens. And if we're not conscious or if we're not right, flourishing in that place, well, then it's really hard for like, good things to happen. Descartes, he turned it upside down, didn't he? He said, I think, therefore I am. The opposite. <laughs> the opposite. <clears throat> Action comes first, then being. But the Bible gets it right today in that great prayer of Psalm 40. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will that the primacy of being comes first. It comes first. Our ability to just be and to live with the Lord. Why did boredom enter the English language in 1823 and not before? Was it because that's only when people started working hard? Were the medievals and the ancients lazy? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they had to work pretty hard to make it in those, those worlds as well. I think it's this, is because there's something about this kind of modern turn towards putting action first, which makes us sort of boredom even a category. I think people of the ancient world, people of the medieval world, they were just comfortable with being sometimes, right? They were able to embrace leisure without fear and without anxiety that I'm not doing something. I'm not achieving. I'm, I'm not doing something. Sometimes we can just be. We can just be. 
So I have two practical things for you, two practical things. One, the great witness of St. Ignatius of Loyola, what he talked about in prayer. St. Ignatius, the founder of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, he has these exercises, spiritual exercises that he, he gave his followers and then now have become part of just the broader tradition of the life of the church. Beautiful right, structures of prayer. But he gives this very important advice in the spiritual exercise. He says, before you go to pray, just pause before you enter the space. And for the space of an Our Father, just rest and stand there. And enter into how your Father in Heaven gazes upon you. Then go pray. There's something beautiful about that, because what's he doing? It's this invitation just to be. Just to be. Not to be alone, but to be in the gaze, to be in the relationship that we have with God. And to be able to rest in that. There's something very spiritually mature about that. And especially before prayer, just pause for the space of an Our Father in silence and just let the Father look at you to see His eyes, to see how He loves to look at us, to rest in that place, right? Probably a fruitful prayer after that, don't we? Because it starts off in a place of being and not a place of doing. It starts off in a place of being and resting and being with being with. <gasps> Secondly, our liturgy, just the structure here of our worship at Mass, teaches us this very important ability just to be. There's lots of times here at Mass where the book, right, if you say the black and do the red, it tells you very specific things what to do during the liturgy. And there's very specific times where there's silence at Mass. After the, during the penitential rite, after the readings, after the homily, after Holy Communion, that there's intentional times of silence. Because what we're here for is not just to like get our way through the ritual and just get out of here, like get my grace pill and go home. But we're here to be with God. We're here to be in that gaze of our Father with Jesus, the Father who loves to look at us, we're here to be with him. And so those times of silence are not, did Father forget what's next? <laughs> but rather they're very intentional times for us just to rest and to be with God. Especially after Holy Communion, the most precious time. When we're connected to Jesus in the most sublime way through his presence and his body and blood. And then we're just able to rest and just to be. There's something about the structure of the liturgy that prepares us to do that in the rest of life. Right, we learn it here because it's like it's part of the it's part of the order of things. But it's not just for here either, I think. It's for other times of our day. Just to hit the pause button. Not to be so concerned about all the things we have to do but to give ourselves the gift of just being. Of just being. So today as we allow the life of Jesus to increase and to grow within us, 
let our heart's response be very simply the response that we sang today during the psalm. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.